0: Really excited to have Daryl here. Um, Daryl's recently launched a brand new agency called Hard Numbers, a, a new consultancy marrying killer creative and commercial. I think one of the biggest issues with PR and my god I started my career in PR so I know this firsthand. Is the like oh but how do we ensure like you know how do we know what the value was and we used to always cobble together this like oh well if you've got this press article it's like three times the readership of this but it was so murky um, and it's a real challenge and and one that especially when you're B2B I think a lot of companies bring up as like oh but do we need it how do we generate sales and, and Daryl is an expert and works with a lot of B2B companies so I thought really useful just to have him share his take on how how do you actually convert PR into sales, so, Daryl? What's up? Welcome. How you doing? You all right? All good. You okay. Oh, like. Good. Oh wow! I like the comic sort of background going um, on there. Thank you, oh, very, wicked. Well. <laughs> thank you um, very much. Over to you. Thank you kindly. Thanks so much for for the the uh, introduction. I hope I live up to it. Um, I'll just That's share my no screen. <laughs> yeah. I'll just share my screen with you guys now. Can you see that? Um, okay? Almost. Yeah, got it. Great, right. okay. So um, uh, thanks to everyone for taking the time to listen. As Natasha very kindly said, I, I'm Daryl and I'm the MD and co-founder of Hard Numbers. We're a performance-driven uh, marketing and communications consultancy that started in the teeth of lockdown in June this year. Prior to that, I was on the UK board of Hotwire, a tech specialist PR agency for, for four years. Um, the thing that I am most enthusiastic um, about in my life is my daughter. Uh, she's nearly two years old, uh, and I've got to spend a lot more time with, uh, with Halia since lockdown. But just below that, um, I'm super enthusiastic about PR and sales. I'm um, quite unique in that I've spent most of my career doing God's work, uh, business development. Um, I believe that sales is the most noble and important job that a human being could possibly do. You're connecting people with a need, um, with a product to fulfill that need. And I believe that PR can and does demonstrably drive sales for business, both B2B and B2C. Um, And I'm going to talk you through how you can implement some of the processes in your business to do just that. So today I'm going to cover why PR can drive sales uh, for your business how not to get stuck in the awareness cul-de-sac, which is something that I think Natasha was was, uh, making reference to. I'm going to give you some tangible examples of where PR can support sales right the way through the the funnel. Um, And then I'm going to give you some key takeaways that you can hopefully implement um, in your own uh, businesses. Um, just super quickly, why bother listening to, uh, to me? This is a question that my fiance and my business partner ask themselves all the time. Uh, when we launched um, Hard Numbers uh, uh, in June this year, we, um, we can probably claim to be the fastest growing um, agency launched in 2020. To be fair, that's rather a lot like saying we're the world's tallest dwarf, um, but there you go. We specialize in working with high growth, early stage businesses, and we manage PR and marketing campaigns don't just drive awareness, they drive, uh, they drive pipeline. And we've had some lovely feed- feedback from industry legends like Will McInnes and uh, Stephen Waddington and Paul Sutton and people like that. And myself, um, I've run sales and marketing functions, private equity backed and FTSE 100 businesses previously, as well as running uh, digital marketing firms and uh, being on the board of uh, PR agencies. As The uh, slide says, I live by David Ogilvy's famous maxim, we sell or else. And if anyone fancies tweeting, Uh, words of agreement or disagreement with me, um, I'm at Daryl Sperry and we're at our numbers on Twitter. The orthodox view is that uh, PR and media coverage drive awareness, but they don't drive sales. My belief is, um, and hopefully some of the things I'm going to talk to you about today um, show that they absolutely can, PR can support every Uh, stage of the sales funnel. The key is that you take an approach which is informed by how your prospects search for your services online, that you sweat the PR assets that you create really hard across all of your channels, and that you make the most of every opportunity to drive a regular drumbeat of uh, of coverage for your business product or or service. The problem that um, this uh, creates, this orthodox view of of PR that people have, is that they get stuck in the uh, awareness cul-de-sac. So uh, anytime we get a brief from a customer which says that the ultimate business objective of their company's investment in communications is driving awareness, we'll question that brief really, really hard. The problem with having awareness as the objective um, uh, for your investment is it's completely divorced from the ultimate reason that the business is investing in marketing in the first place, to drive the top line. Um, The problem with awareness is, is you probably don't have an accurate measure of what your current level of customer or prospect awareness is right now. So if you're gonna invest money in, with the goal or time or effort, with the goal of driving awareness, you're ultimately never gonna be able to demonstrate a return on, on that investment because you, you don't know what the improvement's been. So get away from awareness. It's kind of like um, the, uh, uh, the gnomes in South Park, uh, who um, they they start out with phase one of brand awareness they're not really quite sure what happens in phase two and at the, at the end phase three they get sales so hopefully what I'm going to talk to you about today is having a, a model for your approach to PR and communications that support sale uh, that support sales all the way through the through the funnel so starting off with awareness um, Uh, Whether you're distributing a media release yourself, or you're using a freelancer, or you're using an agency to do it, um, you know the key metrics to measure to help you link outputs of what you did, the assets you created, the coverage you drove to outcomes, the result for the business. Whether there's a link in the article, uh, what page back to your website, what page that link took you to on your website, what keyword was in the anchor text on, on the article and what the domain authority is measured via via Moz um, of the site you got the link from was. All of this has a a beneficial impact on SEO for the business. But also by having a link in the coverage, you can then measure referral traffic that comes from the coverage you secure back to your website. And if you have any goals set up on on your analytics for app download or get in touch buttons, you can then track the traffic from PR secured uh, coverage to goal conversions on your website in analytics. Um, This is an example straight from a client of ours, who is uh, FOSS, looking just at the uh, referral traffic um, uh, driven from uh, media coverage. Now, this example um, uh, is from our client FOSS. They make a software point-of-sale application that turns any mobile phone into a a point-of-sale device and uh, with no need for additional hardware. This article in TechCrunch drove over 760 visits to the FOSS website at a time when the, the site was completely new in the UK, and didn't rank on page one of Google for their own, their own brand. Um, interestingly though, because I don't want the takeaway from this to be even more startups and scale up CEOs saying we must be in TechCrunch. We looked at the goal conversion data from the uh, from the website and this piece that we secured for them which is in position six on the, um, on the referral traffic chart that we just looked at, um, is from the Fintech 50, and this drove just under 10% of all referral traffic at the time that we're looking at this on their website, but was the single biggest source of gold conversions for leads generated on the, the FOSS website at the time that we were looking at this. So ask for links, use links to track referral traffic, track the conversions on, um, on your website in terms of your Google Analytics. Next. Its stage of the sales funnel is consideration. So The key here is look to create content um, and place content on third-party sites that supports consideration. Journalists now are measured more than ever before on traffic-based metrics. They're actively looking for stories which are gonna help drive traffic to their website and help the SEO of their own website. So use tools like Answer the Public, Google AdWords or Moz Keyword Explorer, find high volume search terms customers are looking for in relation to your product or your category and then pitch story ideas for these to the media so this could be comparing your product or service against the company in your marketplace um you may have higher but they may have a higher level of brand search on google than you do because they're they're more established this is page one of google for a a client of ours pr management software business now they're a pre-series a a business competing with two 800 pound gorillas who, in one case, has been in uh, business for 100 years. Right above the piece in PR Weekly, you can see where they imported us as their agency. You can see a piece from Forbes benchmarking them against two of their biggest competitors, Sision and Meltwater. Um, this piece mirrors the kind of consideration stage search that users do when they're making a new purchase. And Because it's on Forbes, it's always going to rank well on, on, on page one of uh, Google because it's a high domain authority site. So this one article shows up time and again when customers are searching for their competitors and for Propel and thinking about making a change. It actively supports consideration and presents them as a credible alternative. Coverage in Forbes is great social proof for Propel and helps them to rank for evergreen searches in relation to consideration for their core product. The next is preference. So the first part of what I'm going to tell you seems like um, complete 101, and is going to seem like child's play, particularly after Will's presentation just then. but I would, I would tell you, you'd be amazed how many startups don't do this. So when you get coverage, make sure that you're, it's seen by as many people as possible, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Twitter, use hashtags to make sure people uh, outside of your immediate followers see it, and like and comment it um, on LinkedIn to promote it up the algorithm. We've run tests on this on LinkedIn, and we can see what the algorithm does, and the key for driving posts higher on the algorithm is engagement from users. Any post that receives 100,000 views uh, plus will have had a minimum of 20 likes or comments in the first hour of it being published. If you have 20 or more people within your organization or within your immediate circle of investors, advisors, and agencies, they can all help drive that engagement and help your, your post perform better on LinkedIn. And this is all beneficial from an awareness perspective, um, because it helps you reach people you weren't engaged with before. This example here is from a, a, a client of ours called Hello Done. They provide conversational AI technology in niche sectors like uh, post purchase and transportation. So they're not going to get Nike levels of of, uh, of, of content views. Um, uh, they uh, they have two hundred fifty eight followers on LinkedIn at time of writing, and this post uh, featuring them um, secu- uh, had over. Um, uh, 636 um, questions on, on LinkedIn. It traveled beyond their immediate audience. Uh, we used hashtags and got members of the team to help promote it, up the algorithm. But the, um, the bit that supports consideration is the next part. So we d- drafted a uh, email that we sent um, for them, for them to share with their customers and prospects. Um, and it helps support uh, decision-making that's happening within, within their prospects. So again, coverage is providing credibility. And it acts as social proof for your prospects when they're making the right uh, that they're making the right decision that they're investing their time and their money into a provider who's going to make them look good, and that you're going to be around to be there for the for the long haul. Um, and the last thing I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cover uh, is purchase. So, um, as spoiler alert here, I'm afraid. Uh, I can't sell your product for you. I, I can't make your customer sign on the dotted line or click on a button on the, on the sign. You'll have to do that. But what I can do is make sure that you have everything you need to get them to that point, and then once they're there, to extract them back to the value of this for your business. So make sure that your customer contract has a clause in it that allows you to talk about the customer win externally to get a case study um, from them. of all statistics are made up on the spot, but about 50% of clients won't notice um, that clause in the contract when they sign it. For the remainder of them, that's then in your contract negotiation with them. That's a clause that they have to negotiate away, and that gives you an opportunity for a concession on their side. If you sign a deal with Salesforce, they have a clause in their contract which commits you to a minimum number of customer case studies a year. And last time I checked, Salesforce was doing okay as a business. Um, So make sure that you do a press release for your contract wins. But you've got to have realistic expectations about the results. Your signing of a new customer is not going to make the front page of the FT uh, next week. But if you distribute your contract win to the right vertical media who you've built a relationship with, with previous stories, and you have a contract win with a decent brand name that people will be aware of, then you should be able to shake a result in terms of earned media coverage out uh, from that. And even if you don't, Make sure you put it on your website, make sure you merchandise it across your social channels again on LinkedIn and Twitter and things like that to make sure that even if you don't secure that earned media coverage, you're still getting the news out there in one way or another. An example of hard numbers eating our own dog food, which is a hideous expression I hate, but uh, is, is this example for a, a contract win for an insure tech company we started working with called TechCover. So, we secured the coverage in our two biggest industry trade titles on PR we can provoke, and then we merchandise that across our social media channels to ensure maximum uh, maximum reach. So we do what we would recommend our clients to do um, every time um, we 're a, we're a, a relatively new uh, business as i said we 've only been around since June, but um, Natasha wanted me to give an example of how we put some of these things into, uh, into effect for a client so i 'm um, I'm, I'm, ver- I'm very pleased that I can talk to you about um, our client Foss in a little bit more detail. So Foss makes a software point of sale app it turns any mobile phone, any any Android mobile phone, into a, into a point of sale, um, and we've been working with them since um, since we started uh, as a business. Thirty um, percent of all of the sign ups for their app have been driven by referral traffic that we've secured. Um, and that's from over 50 uh, pieces of media coverage we've had on, on third-party sites like TechCrunch, Business Insider, TechRadar, et cetera, et cetera. And we've also, i am delighted to say, you know, they're a really new uh, business. We've we got the ranking on page one of Google for um, generic search terms in relation to um, software technology, which we were learned um, previously. Um, and all of that we did initially off the back of a funding announcement, uh, and then we built their media profile um, uh, from there. The other thing that we did, um, that we got to them, which you, know, you guys probably don't consider as PR, but it, it's activities that we've undertaken on, on their behalf, um, is also like we manage email marketing for them and we also um, run a series of events um, for them. So, you know, the enemy for FOSS isn't um, existing POS providers like Agen or um, Square or Clover or things like that. The enemy of FOSS is cash. There are 33 million merchants across Europe who currently only accept uh, cash and don't take any form of, um, uh, you know, don't have a POS system to take contactless or digital payments. So, FOSS targets them via banks, payment service providers um, uh, to reach that audience. They don't kind of go uh, yet at kind of door to door, you know, with the, those small to medium sized businesses themselves. So, they needed to reach a senior audience within the big banks and um, payment service providers in the UK. We set up an email newsletter for them, the cashless catch-up on a fortnightly basis, and we've now got an opted-in list of about 350, I think it's about 368 subscribers at the moment for that, um, uh, which went to their existing email uh, uh, CRM database and then we promote it on their channels as well. Um, the other thing that we did for them is set up an event series uh, called, uh, all around uh, the cashless society. Um, it, we, it's a steering group format where we invite senior executives from their target prospects to discuss the issues and opportunities in relation to cash society. None of that sounds like selling to anyone, but what that's done is it's created opportunities with tier one prospects like HSBC, and nationwide, and um, for them. Um And, you know, ultimately, um, that's been a really, really great way to open discussions with, uh, with customers. So, what are the key takeaways? that um, I hope you, uh, that you'll all um, benefit from. Uh, first off, Asia Village, uh, it's a chi- Japanese and Thai restaurant in Green. Um, then there's Burbani, it's a great um, Indian for biryani, speaking um, chef and uh, fresa, that's a rubbish joke. Sorry. Uh, don't get stuck in the awareness cul-de-sac, have a clear measurable objective for your PR which you link uh, to an outcome that matters to your business. Second, maximize the value you get from earned media coverage by sharing it across your own shared channels. Thirdly, create content, which doesn't just drive awareness, but supports consideration and decision-making for your prospects. Fourthly, write into your customer contract that you can talk about that contract win and case study externally. And that um, is all from me.